All right. Good evening, everyone. The time now is 8.42. Yes, this is an extremely late session, but we are so glad that you are here. My name is Kimberly Starks, Principal Consultant of the Specialist Communications Firm, Blue Scorpion Reputation Management. And this evening, we have our very special guest, our beloved guest, dear to my heart, Chauncey Jackson. He is the founder of One Chance Media, and he's also a valuable member of the BSRM team. Chauncey, how are you? Good evening, Kim. How are you doing? Good to see you. Yes. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, absolutely. Yes, this evening, this week, and next week, we are spotlighting the pivotal players of BSRM. And I got to tell you, you, I, <laughs> you have just really done amazing things for this company and everybody should know everybody should know about you everybody should know all the things that you are doing for blue scorpion outside of blue mm. scorpion yeah we, we're gonna get into no, it yeah, i'm glad to be here I'm, i can't wait I yeah can't wait. tonight we're talking about understanding filmmaking and videography chauncey is our lead on our video production team and we're just so happy to to have you so I want to dive right in mm -hmm. we we need to know about Chauncey I love the story that you like to share with everyone about how you got into the industry but share with our audience how did you get into the industry oh man I got into the industry well I would say I, it was pretty much early 2000s um, my mom, my mom, my sister and I, we, um, you know, go to church on Sunday mornings. And my mom at the time, she was a singer in the choir. And this is when the church at the time had two services, 7.30 and 10 o'clock, I believe. So we went to the 7.30 one. And now we're driving from Douglasville, Georgia to College Park. And the church was uh, World Changes, Crippler Dollars Church we used to go to. And that was like 45 minutes drive. So we have to get up at like 5.30, leave the house at 6 to get there, 7, prepare. And then the church services are at uh, 7.30. So one day, um, my mom actually caught me sleeping in church. And, you know, as a West Indian mother, she's like, okay, you're not going to sleep in the church, you know. So I thought I was going to get a whooping. I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, my God, man. I'm, I'm hiding, like, in my room, <laughs> trying to make sure. I was like, does she need anything, you know. And I'm thinking I'm about to get a whooping, but then the whooping never came. But I think a couple Sundays after that, um, my mom said that, oh, you're going to serve in the church. I was like, serve where? What are you talking about? Because I didn't. The only thing I saw was like, you know, the parking lot ministry, you know, ushers, maybe the bookstore. But she told me that I'm going to serve in the video production department. I was like, where is that? Because I saw the cameras, but you're not really focused. You're looking at the monitors, you know. And I didn't, I was, this, I was like 14 turning 15 years old. And I was so focused on what I wanted to do. Because at the time I was in the marching band and I was uh, an amateur wrestler in high school. So I wrestled for two years, but I was in the band for about for four years and I had an idea okay when I graduate from high school I'm actually going to be an athlete or a musician because you know musicians in my family especially my mom's side um, my grandparents they had an album back in Antigua where I'm from and I'll talk about that later so okay I'm I'm, I'm walking in the, the legacy of my family music because I knew how to read music I kind of knew how to write music a little bit but the video production department, I, I was like, no, nah, I'm not trying to do that. It's, I was so against it, but as a child, I was very obedient because, you know, I'm very respectful of my parents. And the, I remember the first day I walked up in there, I was, because remember, I was like turning 15 years old. Everyone else was like in their mid-30s up to their maybe early 60s. So it was a huge gap. And I was, remember, I had to wear all black and I had to wear this blue blazer and it was so big for me so i was like i looked at broad shoulders i'm like this is, I, I had to go out there with people looking at me and i'm like i was so subconscious like i don't want to be here so the agreement my mom said to them was he's going to serve for uh about four years so when i got in high school it was going to end when i graduated from high school so those four years i was just in the department every other sunday sometimes every sunday and sometimes wednesdays do bible study and I was running the camera, gripping the cord, learning how to run tape to the bookstore, learn to actually see how a live show or service is actually produced. 
and they had me on a, I remember my, when they saw me being more responsible, I was pretty much on the balcony with the uh, camera panning left and right. And these, this is live. People around the world are watching this. So I have to be very careful. And I felt like, so I was like, I, I still felt out of place because it was so uncomfortable for me. But over time I got used to it. And I'll tell you this, when I graduated from high school, my mom, she cleans houses. And she had a client that went to our church and this, it was like probably July, or August of 2004. And that time I was going to uh, get a job at FedEx. And he asked me one question that kind of changed kind of like my life. He's like, how would you like to work for CNN? I was like, dude, get out of my face, man. Are you serious? Are you kidding, right? He's like, no, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious. Like, dude, like I just graduated from high school with no college degree. I was like, how am I supposed to work at CNN? And I don't have any degree. I don't have any experience. This is what I thought. So he said, no, I'll take care of it. you have a resume? He's like, not really. He's like, okay, send me information. I'll create one for you. I was like, cool. I know you work there, but I'll get to that in a minute. So I was working at FedEx for a, month, for a couple of months. It's a regular job. It's the first job that I had. I remember in 2000, it was like 2004. I remember it was my birthday. I got a phone call. I can't, because remember answer machines, remember them? Remember those <laughs> deck technology answer machines? Back what to are answer machines? I know, what is that? <laughs> what is that, Kim? You tell me, I don't know. Right. <laughs> so the lady on the phone said, hey, this is Chauncey, um, I'm looking for Chauncey Jackson. This is so-and-such from TBS. I was like, TBS, what's TBS? I didn't know that CNN was owned by TBS. I was like, oh, Turner Broadcasting Systems. Oh, and my mom said, oh, the guy's name was Trent. I said, oh, Trent, put your inf information in. I said, okay, cool. The interview was at the beginning of the year 2005. So I went to the interview. And Kim, I was so nervous because I'm like, wait, this is CNN. This is like the number one big time, big time news. And I was, what, 19? Yeah, 19. And I walked up in there, Kim, and I met, I was, I was interviewed by the vice president of the department that I was interviewing for. I said, like, oh, God, this is what? I said, I ain't going to get this job. <laughs> like, I'm not. But that interview was the most relaxed interview I've been a part of because he said, Chauncey, I looked at your resume, and he said this. He's like, you volunteering at your church, where you were able to get a leg up than most people in college right now. So you have a, a step ahead of them while they're a freshman in high school. And they hired me on the spot, Kim. That was great. And I was like, I thought I was like, you, you serious? He's like, no, we're hiring the spot. So he took me to the HR and got, you know, all the paperwork. Guess who was the HR manager? Trent. Trent. Wow. He ran everything at CNN. He's like, I told you I got you, man. Because I was so small-minded at the time thinking, okay, this guy worked at CNN. I'm not thinking he's going to. Yeah. But he was the hiring manager of everybody. Wow. And he said, Chauncey, I told you, like, I told you I look out for you, and until me to I never forget when I walked up in the CNN floor where they showed the live news, it was mind blowing. I was like, "This is insane!" So they hired me for a year, and really, it just led me into editing videos. That's an amazing story yeah. for for two reasons. One, it sounds like video production wasn't even on your radar no, as wasn't. a kid, but the exposure. Mm -hmm. You developed a love as a result of yeah. that. And then, too, it sounds like a large part of that journey was divine. It was. It was. And I'll say that because my mom, because my mom, you know, as immigrants from Antigua and Barbuda, we, when we immigrated to the States, we didn't understand a lot of American, like, terminology, a lot of the language, the culture. So we had to adjust really quickly. You know, when my sister and I came to America, we had a strong West Indian accent. So we were bullied by the black and white kids. What's the West like, Indian accent? Get so, so you <laughs> yeah, do, so it, do it for us. I got I to gotta be drunk to do it. So no. I'm not going to do it right now. I'm not going to do it. Give me some English harbor and I'll, I'll start acting like it. Or if I'm around my people, I'll start acting like it. But it was such an adjustment because we thought people look like us would so you know be welcoming but not saying they weren't over time but it was a adjustment because we came we first we lived in florida okay then we moved to georgia and we're in the south so southern folks don't understand west indian culture they don't know they think everything in, in west indian is jamaica they think mm -hmm. united states jamaica's run everything no 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 there's many countries so for us it was an adjustment but my when my parents 
did was they never cared about the limitations. They were like, we're here to have for opportunity. And going back to working at CNN at 19 years, I was young. Just imagine going into the uh, the orientation and you see people, oh, I went to this college, I went to this college. Mm-hmm. And I'm and it's, oh, I'm, nine, I'm 20 years old. It's like, what, what, where'd you come from? Yeah. Because your my attitude showed that I wanted to be there. Even though I didn't want to be in the church serving at the time, my attitude showed that over time that I was there, I was on time, I, I was, I wanted to just, while, while I was there, I wanted to thrive. I wanted to ask questions. I was like, hey, how does this, what is, why is this button do? What is, where, the why does it go this, you know? And also my sister got in trouble too, so, because she didn't watch me. So if I got in trouble, she got in trouble. <laughs> and <laughs> so my mom had her in the bookstore. So she was, she was so mad at me for a while, but she got used to it. So she was in the bookstore just like, you know, pr- like getting the tape ready, the covers. And that's kind of taught my sister how to kind of manage, which she manages, um, you know, my business, One Chance Media. So we're very, like, I'm very family oriented in the show. So the, the journey, the journey to filmmaking was not just me, but just my family and my parents, especially my sister, including my wife too. So. Okay. Shout out to your wife. Yeah. What's up, Rue? Yeah. She's not listening right now, but she'll, she'll get the tape. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, I like that. I like that your family is involved in your success mm-hmm. and your starting journey is its just amazing. So with that being said, for the young people who are listening, what are some of the tips that you would offer beyond just being inquisitive about what it is that you want to do when you grow up? What are some other tips that you would offer kids? I would say don't be afraid to be uncomfortable because when I was serving, I was so uncomfortable because remember it's something new. You're sometimes we're so comfortable in our own place that we step into something new. It comes a little bit unfamiliar. And it's not a bad thing, but it just depends on, are you going to adapt to the opportunities that are, give it, that are given to you? So I would say to a young person that it just depends what's your, what's your why? Like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to become a filmmaker? Why do you want to become a producer, actor, singer? Because sometimes these days people just want to just do it just for a clout or for likes or for opportunities that they don't really want in the end. But if it's in your heart to do it, you have to, well, you have to go and do it because if you don't apply the action towards it, then you're going to look back at yourself when you're 67 years old and say, man, I should have done that. So I got started early, Kim. So I was, and I would say it, 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 you could be 30, 40 years old. You could still start and do something mm-hmm. than to wait and have regret. I love that you said that because one of my greatest fears is the shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah, yeah. My, I'll never forget, my grandmother, she used to tell me I would have loved to have started my own business, mm. but she never started her own business. And I think that was a secret that she had just shared with me. So her sharing that secret with me mm-hmm. that she really wanted to be a business owner rather than having yeah. to, you know, work, work in the, the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it just made me have that drive. Like, I don't want to be a shoulda, coulda, woulda. I love that you said that. Yeah, cause I, and, and also I'll say this too, is like, you, you, and also too, you, you have to be careful who you tell your dreams to because sometimes people may not have the same passion as you and they try to hinder you from reaching a goal because they may think that you're going to surpass them. Well, it's not my fault that I have a idea. It's, and I think it happens a lot in the black community where it's like you reach a certain place and then someone becomes a little bit jealous or envious of you. It's like, no, like you could be in the same level too. You just have to grind as hard as me. We all we have, can we all have to do it. We all can eat. Mm-hmm. So I think this is, this, we can't, we can't, we, in order for us to be together, we have to think like-minded. We we can disagree on things, but we can't do that. Like I don't like it happens a lot in the black community. Now I want to be able to change that. In order to be the change, you have to be the change first. I love that, and I, I want to talk more about collaborating, partnerships, uh, things of that nature. But I want to jump ahead from you starting at CNN mm-hmm. and starting One Chance Media. So talk about how One Chance Media came about. This actually, the idea for One Chance Media, it was originally One Chance Productions. 
and I did a summer summer internship uh, at CNN, and this is summer of 2010. And I remember when I walked into the media source department, and I remember at the time I think Oprah was retiring, because we were preparing. I think she retired in 2011. I think, I think so. So, I was in the editing bay with the editor, and he was uh, editor for Headline News, and I remember him cutting the clip of Oprah. Um, you get a car, you get mm -hmm. a car, and I saw that. Oh, I remember that episode. I said, Yeah, we're doing the you know, um, the retirement video for Oprah. They're doing a year prior, so they're getting everything set up yeah. for the retirement for the uh, upcoming year. Mm -hmm. So I remember him just just editing. I was like, okay, what kind of software is this? Oh, it is a Mac. So I'm asking him questions and saying, hey, you know, what kind of software is this? What do you need? You know, and I went home and the first thing I did was I bought this cheap little, you know, video editing software called Pinnacle. My editors know what I'm talking about. And at the time, I didn't have a camera. But I had a, I had an, an initiative that I want to learn. I want to do things myself and figure out how do I get to that level. So I remember what I did was, and don't judge me, we all did it. Remember LimeWire, BearShare, mm -hmm. yeah. and all that torrent? Remember? Look, at, look at Rob, yeah. So what I did was, it, I didn't have a camera, but what I did was I downloaded movies. Because at the time you could download a movie in, in HD yeah. a week after it came out. So I had about five videos that I do movies I downloaded, and I turned them into music videos. So I had a song, like for example, um, The Warriors. Remember that movie, The Warriors? It came out in the 70s. Um, you, you, Rob, you know The Warriors, right? The movie? Yeah, he knows. Or let me give you another example. Um, the Book of Eli. Okay. Okay. Okay, yeah, Rob knows. So what I did was I Shout edited. out to Rob. Yeah, shout out to Rob. Yeah, our producer Rob. What's up, Rob? <laughs> but the people were like, yeah, yeah. who's Rob? Yeah, he's our producer. Sorry, sorry, y'all. So, um, so what I did was um, I matched the book of Eli and edited clips to uh, Bon Jovi, Wanted Dead or Alive. Okay. Because the story is, you know, a book of Eli is a man who is, I'm, I'm trying to remember the movie, it's so long ago, but he's wandering on the woods and people are trying to attack him. So technically he's wanted dead or alive. Mm -hmm. So I just mashed it and it mm -hmm. fits. You know, I still have the videos, by the way. So okay. I got to show you some. And at that time... My mom, and this goes back to my mom, because my mom, she just knew people, and it was just godsend. My mentor, Vanden Gibbs, shout out to Vanden Gibbs. He's my mentor for almost like almost 11 years now. And I sent him the videos because he was a, a filmmaker, still is. And I sent it to him and said, hey, you know, I want you to know what you think about this. He's like, and he sent it to me. He's like, I see what you're doing, but you're re-editing edited work already. I said, okay, I get it. He said, the best thing for you to do is to Get save some money and get yourself a camera and just start shooting. That's what I want you to do. Go. That was my first assignment. Go okay. out and shoot. So in 2011, I got my income tax back and I just bought a camera. It was like a Canon T3i, and I just was shooting everything, road trips, pictures, as much as I can. But I started to um, started shooting more videos because I wanted to see okay how to look at night, and that's how I met my uh, former manager Natalie Roseborough. Shout out to Natalie. Love you, Natalie. And she actually gave me my first gig. And that same year, my sister and I said, hey, we should start our own business. And that's where OCMG or One Chance Media came about. And the one chance is me because our slogan is you only have one chance in life and I'm the chance. Uh, so it's a pun. And, um, you know, our slogan is you only have one chance in life. I like that. So how many years has it been since you've been in business? Oh, man. We officially... We officially started in, in 2012, so about 10 years now. Well, about 10 years back Long in April. Time. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we, we was going through a motion where, because when you start a business, you really don't know a lot. You just have to ask questions and research. So my sister and I, we just try to figure out, okay, how can we ma market ourselves? How can we legally like register our, our business? So we have to figure out, okay, how do we go about? Because Atlanta at the time wasn't as, I mean, it was as big as, it was wasn't as big as it was now, but we just started meeting people. My sister met people. Hey, we need me videos, so I, and I actually came up a hard drive full of videos from then to now. Like I keep everything just to kind of look back on my journey, and man, just the people I've met, the opportunities were given to me. Like, you know, not only my sister but my former manager. Like it, it I remember my first gig. I'll tell you my first gig. I, I'll tell you, I remember this. 
I was uh, I got hired to follow a um, a women's group. They go out and you know preach the word of God to you know uh, homeless people, mainly women. And one time we went to a a um <laughs> a hotel that was not abandoned, but it had a lot of prostitutes in there. Mm-hmm. And we, of course we had security, but I remember my um was in the van and my manager Natalie she said Chauncey put your camera because I had a light on my top of my camera she said Chauncey put your camera down I was like I said like, not Kim but um Natalie I'm trying to get this footage She's like Chauncey put your camera down I was like why it's like because that guy's watching the John mm. I was like oh okay it's serious out here and I've Kim I'll tell you I've seen some wild stuff that I captured on video it's wild like really? some is like I remember one time where they were the ladies were preaching to um one of the prostitutes that was there and the john she had the uh the business card in her hand to contact them if she needed because they helped them get jobs and everything like that and the john came from behind her and snatched the card away from her i was like dude because in his mind it's like you're taking money away from me mm-hmm. so kim um, that's probably the one wildest thing i've seen that was my first gig i'll never forget it my goodness and i'm wild. sure as a videographer you have seen and experienced so many things and i'm sure along the business journey Mm -hmm. you've learned so many things oh yes what are some tips because you've given tips for those who are just starting out Mm -hmm. you're you're an expert in a number of different areas (laughs) so i try to be (laughs) so share with us tips for those who are thinking about going into business and those who in particular are wanting to become filmmakers or get into video production mm-hmm. as a business man there's so many of the top um i would say don't be afraid to fail because honestly what the f- i say that sometimes well failure is only failure is a way for you to grow and to learn from that failure to not happen again i'll give an example the first time i failed at something was when I was, I didn't, this is when I was really editing as much and I was using a studio to edit videos and the video didn't turn out great. I had a deadline for the client. Client didn't like the video because of the equipment I was using. And it wasn't, I had no excuse. It was, hey, I take full responsibility. So I literally had to give her money back and the hard drive with all the footage in there mm-hmm. in order to pay back um, the, the fee that was taken out of the budget. So I had to give up the hard drive, the footage, and I mean, I got paid, but I had to give some of the money back too because it was just, and that moment right there said, I do not want to get in this position again. So that's what made me edit more than shoot and shoot less because, and that's that's where it comes in because I did things backwards. Sometimes people don't start editing. They sometimes direct first, they shoot first, and sometimes they may write, but you hardly hear editors where they started editing first. So that's where editing comes in. It's like a, like a tool that I have where I can, shoot something I know it's gonna look like in post. And that's where that failure happened and that feeling that happened that moment where it's like, I'm, I'm not, I don't wanna go through this ever again. So that's why I had to put more effort into editing and making sure I get things done for a particular timeline and for a particular client. And also too, know your worth too, man. Like it's okay to, vo- it's okay to volunteer and do things pro bono, but you have to cut that off at some time. Cause when you get to a certain level, you can't do everything for free. That's powerful. It's true, because I've done it, like, I've done things pro bono before, but my sister had to stop and say, hey, we're done doing pro bono. Now we're supposed to get paid. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, no, 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 get paid. Get your money. How do you know when to, because as creators. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it, was, it, it, it just depends on the situation and also the client. Because there's been times where I wasn't supposed to get paid for something, but I got paid anyway. So it just depends on the client and this, if they see worth in you, if they see worth in you. Because if you're not adding value to a client, then you're just devaluing their business and you're going to lose money. That That's when you become a liability. So you have to figure out, and also you have to figure out the competition that's in Atlanta right now. A lot of people want to be filmmakers, a lot of people want to be videographers, but how how do you stand, how you stand out? That, d- that depends because everybody can have a camera, but some people can't shoot well. They can't edit. They just, oh, I got a camera and I'm about to post on social media. I think I'm a, shoot, I'm a videographer, but your editing is trash. It's lazy. So that's where, for me, not only my work ethic stands out, but my name stands out. 
so the one chance brand is so welcoming people i remember one time i had a i i actually had a phone call with the um the army they had a conference back in 2015 and i was on a phone call with the lady and i was i was a referral from a photographer that i knew at the time and they needed someone to cover their conference the u.s army yes yes the army yes <laughs> the u.s me. army yes doesn't get any higher than yeah that. yeah for sure but <laughs> Even though I didn't get the gig, the lady said that I just loved how you delivered the conversation. She's like, One Chance, I love that name. I was like, it's so welcoming. It's like, it's so unique in its own way. So even though I didn't get the gig, I was happy that my display and my, I won't say performance, but how I controlled the conversation, I knew what I was talking about. I told them what they're going to get. Because sometimes when people hire you, they don't know about video, videography. They don't know. And they're not supposed to know. They say, where's my video? Is it clean? Do I like it? Done. They don't care about the ergonomics and all the lens. And the, they say, is it clean? That's all they care about as a client who doesn't know about video. And now they knew about it. If they didn't know about video, that's fine. But it's not your job to tell them about the ergonomics. It's your job to get the job done and give them what they want within reason. Because sometimes they have high expectations. Like, does your budget match the high expectation that you want? Right. That's why it goes back to saying know your worth. Yeah. So. I love that. So. I want to shift for a minute to talk about when you and I met. <laughs> that was good. So that. what I recall mm -hmm. is that I was invited to an event. It was like a grand opening. Yeah. This was in 2019. Yeah, yeah. October. October, yeah. I, look, yeah, you've yeah. got a good memory. Yeah, yeah. So October 2019 and – I was just walking through. Mm -hmm. I was just walking through the studio. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone said, hey, Kim, meet Chauncey. Maybe mm -hmm. they did. I mm -hmm. don't remember. Mm -hmm. But I, what I do remember is you saying, I want to make sure that we stay connected. Yes, I did say that. Yes, yes. And I'm, I'm like, okay. And, you know, me being a budding entrepreneur mm -hmm. myself, mm -hmm. we'd only been in business for about two years. About that, yeah, about two years. Yeah, at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, it was a it was a good introductory meeting. I, I've, <laughs> I have a good memory about that because my um, my girl my wife who's my girlfriend at the time she walked up to you first uh. and she said um, I'm trying to remember what she said she said something to the lines of hey my boyfriend is a um, editor and I think you needed the editor at the time so she said hey go talk to him and then she said hey babe um, this lady Kim wants to talk to you so like, who's that it's like this lady over here. So that's how we met. It was short. It was really brief. But I said, Kim, I want to get information because I, you know, my girlfriend said that you need an editor. I said, yes, I do. And then we met. And by the way, the first meeting, let me tell you something. Kim knows how to treat people when it comes to looking <laughs> around. <laughs> she knows how to treat people when, like, to have a good presentation. Like, we we had breakfast at uh, Buckhead somewhere. <laughs> uh, forgot, forgot. We went all, we went yeah, all yeah. out, said, didn't oh, we? Okay, I did. <laughs> He's like, hello, monsieur. He's like, what you? I was like, what? Oh, okay. He's like, can I get the bread? <laughs> so, so, um, and you, I think you had an event for Reebok coming up. No, no, yeah, it was Reebok. It was an event for Reebok that was coming up in a couple of weeks. And when we ended the video, I wasn't able to edit the video, but you invited me to the event. It was a fun event. Yeah. So, and then I, I think that we started talking more and started to see how I work. You really were really supportive of what I was doing outside of Blue Scorp at the time. So, um, I think you and I have, we, we have a, a good, good connection and a good relationship when it comes to just like, oh, he's punctual, he's on time and you didn't know much about videos. So I had to educate you on stuff. Like, right. what's going on here? It's like, okay, this, Kim, this is what we do here. And I showed you editing to a certain degree. And I think you kind of trusted me to just not only represent myself, but also your business too. So, yeah, I remember you reaching out to me after that's right mm -hmm. and thank you for wa walking down mm -hmm. memory lane so yes we did uh an event for reebok we did an event for puma I yes puma too yes right 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 yeah i believe you came you came out for both of those mm -hmm. but then you also shared with me the project that you were working on and i saw it and i was super oh have a good impressed. day yes, yes have yes, a good yes, day yes. This is where you plug in. Oh, have yeah, a good day. Yeah. Where where can we watch? Have Man, a good day. Do we have time? I want to because I want to. We have to do a part two. Because have a good day is without have a good day, I wouldn't become a filmmaker. 
And I say that because I have a, a friend of mine who said, this is 2015, said we should write about it. Because at the time, I was working at a call center. <sighs> Everybody has worked at a call center at one <sighs> point in their life. Jesus. So we all know. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, hey, we should write about our lives. I'm not trying to, I was like, I'm not trying to talk about that. That's a dark time in my life. That place sucks. Like, no, we should write about it. So I wrote the first draft of that in 2015. And we shot it blindly in 2016 into 17. And I said, you know, I want to do this again because it goes back to a presentation because you are just as good as your last project. And so the, true. the last project that, even though Have a Good Day, the original one was great, me reshooting again showed that, wow, it was a different level. It was better acting. Because all the actors who were on the show, they were kind of just starting out too. So everybody was still kind of new to it. And I mean, I say right now, sideways, some of the actors on Have a Good Day are on TV. Some people are on the Tyson one of them was on the Tyson. Shout out to Kenneth Nance Jr. He was on the Tyson miniseries. Erica Matthews is on Family Reunion. Uh, Marianne Johnson is doing a commercial out in L.A. Um, man, it's, it's, uh, uh, Rashawn Hill and Desmond Cosby were in Blackters. So the actors, we became like a family. Like we became like a tight-knit family. And Have a Good Day, i tell you right now, really changed everything for my, my business because they saw – Good writing, good concept, great acting, and a story people can relate to. And now it's on Tubi right now. Um, if you look up Have a Good Day, it's on Tubi. And let me tell you something, Kim. That show was able to open up a lot of opportunities for me. Not only my management team with Sky's Limit ENT. Shout out to Travis Sky, uh, Derek Pettis, uh, Jacinta uh, Manning, and the whole Sky team. They really support me. And also Dame Dash Studios. I'm signed to Dame Dash Studios and Homestead. And shout out to Omar. Have a good day is really. Uh, let me break down. Have a good day. Have a good day is about my life working in the call center, of course. But watching it as a viewer, I was like, wow, this is really accurate. Like you're seeing this black man who is just a typical black man, just just having a good day. But the contradictory of this title is they're having terrible days working in the call center. <laughs> So you meet different characters, like you have a, a bitter divorcee going through a terrible divorce through a millionaire sugar daddy. You have a pot smoking workout junkie. And you have a, a, a hood hood dude with a master's degree who's very, he's very hood, but he's very smart. So you've seen these characters develop over time throughout the series, but all work in a call center. That's what makes it interesting. So I would tell people to check it out. And this is not only myself, my wife, my sister, the whole crew that helped me out with this production, and I'm really proud of it. And I'm, I think that opened a lot of doors for me to continue writing, because when I stopped to have a good day, I said I can't stop here. I have to continue writing. And even during the pandemic, I was writing a lot. Like I think I have about maybe 15, 16 concepts, short films, which going to be turned into either a TV series or a movie. I have a, a feature film that I'm trying to do, and also another uh, TV series or another movie. So I'm already prepared for 2023. You know, I'm looking for the budget to get those done. Uh, and I have a full team now because I went through, I put in the work, Kim. You got to put in the work. I'm going to say it again. You have to put in the work. You have yeah. people that, you have to walk around in this world with some integrity and some excellence. I don't get it. I don't get why people don't understand. You have to represent yourself in a positive way because people are not going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. That's right. That's true. Because why would you hire me on as your senior video producer for Blue Scorpion if I didn't show value and add a value to your business? You certainly it makes no have. sense. Yeah, you certainly have. And, and we appreciate you being a part of the team. And before we segue back into Blue Scorpion, I want to congratulate you on your latest project, Blackters. <laughs> I'm sorry. Which is huge. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. It is, it is. So talk a little bit about Blackters, what the concept of that show is, and how can we find it? Blackters is, that is a four-year journey. Because after I finished Have a Good Day, that was the first project that I started working on. And Blackters is about two best friends who are not actors who are stepping into the acting world. Because I hear a lot of people, they say this, oh, you're an actor? Oh, I wish I would have done that. Then why'd you do it? Why aren't you doing it? 
We have yeah. classes. I know Jonna Johnson. She's a great act, act, uh, acting coach. You know, there's opportunities here. Like, what's going on? How, I mean, you can take a class and learn. So that's based off that question alone or the situation alone where it's like, I want to be an actor too. So this is a comical look on the acting world from two non-actors. And the trailer, I put uh, the trailers out on YouTube right now. And hopefully I can send a link to you and put it on social media. Um, it's on my Instagram page if you want to check it out. But And, ch- and plug your Instagram. Oh, my Instagram is yeah. uh, Chauncey. So it's C-H-A-A-U-N-C-C-E. Um, that's C-H-A-A. U-N-C-C-E. And Blackters is, I wrote 340 pages of that thing. A lot of pages. A lot of pages. People look at me like I'm crazy. It's like, look, are you hungry or not? That's talent. Do you, and persistence, like you said, like, perseverance. This this is four years. Like, yeah. I'm writing. And um, my wife was, and then my, I have to shout out my wife because she's so supportive and she reads the stuff that I write. And she's like my big, biggest critic. So when she first read the first draft of Blackters, she's like, mm. It's like, because she came from theater, even though she's a paramedic um, in, um, in here in Atlanta, she read it and she's like, I, I get it, but it could be more. Mm. Um, I talk about a lot of things and now where everything's so easily offensive that I had to like, okay, you know what? This is a count is a, is like a counterpunch to that where I'm like, oh, remember in the early 2000s where no one really cared, like comedians were comedians were comedians and you could just laugh and okay, if you're offended, okay, whatever. But now it's like everything's offensive. It's like, okay, this this show right now, this show, Blackters, is a total, total, like, punch in the face of that. Where it's like, oh, we're coming at you through acting. You know, there's things that are in there that are funny that people might think is offensive. Because I had the actors read it. Like, black and white. They were like, dude, this is hilarious. Okay. They loved it. It's like, I, when is this coming out? Even the trailer is like, even the poster alone, Kim, they were like, what is this? I, want, I need to see this. And then the trailer came out. I was like, well, I got, people are mad that I got to wait till 2023. But right now, I'm trying to get a budget for it. Um, oh, so it hasn't launched yet. It hasn't launched yet because it's 300, 340 pages. If you break that down, if it's eight episodes, that's like 45 minutes. Okay. So it's a lot. And, and shooting, and this is why I'm glad we talked about this because filmmaking is such, it's a lot to go into it when it comes to directing, writing, producing, budgeting, cinematography, sound, location. Um, EP and executive producing, um, lighting, uh, it, it's a key grip, like gaffing. It's so many working parts to it. It goes back to you have to make sure you walk with excellence because some people don't. You could have all the money in the world, but people don't work with you because your attitude sucks. It's like, why won't work with you? Your attitude sucks. You treat people with disrespect. You don't know if treat people right. Your, your concepts are ridiculous. You don't pay people on time. You don't get their footage out. Like, I've heard this stuff. Where some actors like, I've had my footage and I shot it two years ago. I was like, really? You get that in for me within a month. So it goes back to, it's also customer service too because they I want the actors to come back to work with me. I want them to say, okay, on Chauncey's set, it's always fun. You're going to learn something. You're going to respect him. He also respects you. And this Blackters project was so fun because I know I put, shout out to my producer on Blackters, um, Regina Bryant. <laughs> I know I put her through somewhat of a hell because producing, you know, and it was a lot, but she was able to hold her own. So I really appreciate Regina as a producer for really, really just being patient with me. Everything w- was done well. You know, Charlie Jones, who was a cinematographer, Aaron, you know, all the actors for Blackters, like everybody saw the vision of Blackters and from all cultures, like I get this. And it happens a lot when it comes to auditioning and everything. So Blackters is, the even the trailers are right now, it's gonna be so big when we put a full bu- a full budget together. So I'm trying to get a budget for that because I think the budget is like o- almost half a million dollars, honestly. Okay. When I put it together, so. And and you know what? We're big on. It's gonna happen. The positivity. Yeah, I'm the claiming. I'm vibes. claiming for sure. I'm yeah. claiming it. You know, because I have, and I and I'm happy that, because Kim, I've been. This is a, almost a 12 year journey, and I'm still patient. I'm still humble, because. I don't want to be in front of God. I want to be behind him because you know, I want him to guide my steps. You know, like my faith in God is so strong that I, I don't want to get somewhere that I wasn't supposed to be at the time that he wanted to be. You know what I mean? So that's and how we met is like a perfect example of that where it came out of nowhere. Where it's like, wow, this lady is so smart and, and she needs just needs help with videography. And that's fine. Oh, thank you for saying that. the journey that just I've been on, I give God thanks because it's like. Some people, I'll say this, 
some some people who get into filmmaking, all they want to do is just have a power dyma- dynamic with people. It's like, well, I have, I'm on this level, so you're here. It's like, no, you're in the same level as me. I don't care if you're a brand new actor. I treat people with respect. And I, tell, I said, it just hit me just now, too. This one uh, lady, she came on set. And I'm such a director mode. I want to make sure everything is done. Everybody's okay. Everyone's get fed. You know, everyone enjoy the scenes. She sent me a message that almost had me tear up a little bit. She said, and I'm paraphrasing, she said, it's like, I just want to thank you so much for the way you handled the actors and the way you handled your set because some people don't know how to treat the actors at all. They treat them like trash, like they're, they're irreplaceable. It's like, it almost made me tear up because you never know. My mom told me years ago, Chauncey, you never know who's watching you. So you always have to walk with some type of integrity and and, and, and and generosity and care because they may be different from you. They may believe things different from you, but they're still human beings. You have to make sure you treat them with respect. And it happens so many times where people have said, Chauncey, I appreciate the way you treated me or this. And, and I was like, I don't do it because it's just the right thing to do. So not only blasters, but have a good day. These actors, they say, they all say, man, Chauncey, when it comes to his productions, is always something good. That makes me feel great because I'm doing something right. That is, that is really good. So having said that, what is your definition of the difference between being a boss and being a leader? Oh, boy. A leader is someone who understands the limitations but is willing to grow from that but also represent the crew that he's responsible for. A boss is someone who has, <laughs> I think someone who calls himself a boss is very insecure. They're, they use the boss title to hide the insecurities and make it seem like they know more than they, they do, but they're just, they're just at the same level as their team members or their crew members. So and I never use boss. I never use that. Because it sounds like a superiority complex a little bit. It was like, I'm superior. You're, you're here. You're be- No, no, no. No one's in fear when they work with me. You're superior. And when I told the guys that I, I hired to work the for Blue Scorpion, I said, and it's kind of like sales. I used to work in sales, so you have to be careful what you say because you have to kind of sell people to say, well, how can I come back to get this product? Or how can I come back to work with you? I said, you're not working for me. You're working with me. Because you have so much value that I may not have, but that's why we're coming together to work as a team. Because Chris, he's another dope videographer. Shout out to Chris Young. Uh, I think he's director Chris on Instagram, I think. Um, if I Chris, I get that wrong, please forgive me. <laughs> Shout but, out to Chris. But I said to him, I was like, Chris, you know so much that you add value to me as a leader, but also a videographer. Because him and I, we, we talk videography is like second nature. It's like, it's like speaking a different language. And, and you know what? Now that we're, we've gone down that path, because the team that we have grown mm-hmm. is just so dope. And the story yeah. as to how we all got together is just amazing. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to digress a little bit mm-hmm. and talk about how Chris came into the fold. I actually met Chris. This is when I was uh, editing Have a Good Day in 2020 through the pandemic. Everything was shut. And I had, but have a good day. I'll say this, though. I think the week that Georgia was shut down, it was our last scene to shoot. So we shot have a good day from December to March. And it was like God's time. It was crazy. Like everything was shut down. We shot our last scene we needed. So I was like, perfect. So I reached out to Chris. I said, hey, Chris, I need to, I need to find a drone operator. But I, I emailed Chris and some of the other guy. The other guy didn't respond to me. Still haven't. But Chris responded to me within like maybe like a few hours. And I said, hey, I need a, um, a drone operator. You know, I want to know what your budget was. I said, yeah, sure, I'll get it for you. Got some really great footage of Atlanta, downtown, and some suburban areas. And this year when we shot the Delta uh, stuff, the plane event, that was the first time I met Chris in person. Cause two we was, years two later. Two years later, yeah. And I was like, oh, what's up, Chris? Say, hey, what's up? Because it was like we're so we're, – we created a relationship over the phone but not face-to-face. So it was the first time I actually met him and worked with him. And the way he talked on the phone and his character was the same. It matches in person. So I could tell that we match. And he's taught me so much and as a editor too. So that's why I go back to me being a leader because 
he appreciates the way that I handle my business through you and myself and how I treat him and opportunities open up for him. Well, he just came, he went to uh, South Carolina to do the virtual reload event. He had a great time. So yeah. he said, just keep it coming. So I, just, I love the joy that I get from working with creatives like Chris and other people like Charlie and shout out to Jeff. You know, he's a great photographer as well too. And it goes back to creating a community, the community that's needed. Like even with Rob, like we have, like we have a community to save. We're so, we're so, and I, I don't, it's almost a black thing, but we're so, I don't mind being competitive, but you don't have to like demean somebody in the process. You know what I mean? I don't get that. We got to change that. Cause me being a foreigner, like, look back home, it don't really, it don't really, they don't really do things like that. But here, I, I don't know what it is. Like I've had, and it's not a, it's not a tag. It's like, I have a, people have attacked me. It's like, well, Chauncey's this, Chauncey's that. Oh yeah. I'm like, people's like, that's not Chauncey. Like, I don't get it. We still have to stop attacking each other. Like, I'm not above correction. Kim corrected me and said, Chauncey, we got to do things different. Okay, Kim. Okay, let's switch it up a little bit. Because without correction, there's no change. I like that that you've said that. I like that we have a partnership. And again, shout out to Rob, uh, who's behind the camera, another valuable member of our team. And... Yeah, partnership, collaboration. Since we met in yeah. 2019, the relationship has grown to where you are now leading mm -hmm. our video, video production team, where back then there was none, and I was trying to do <laughs> everything. I was doing TikToks for you for a minute. <laughs> yeah, you started out doing the, the TikToks, and now... I was demoted, y'all. <laughs> I was like, you got to start here. <laughs> But I, but here's the thing. I'll say this too, Kim. I appreciate that because sometimes we have to build the trust with a company or a client. You can't just. I mean, I'm not saying you can't just step in on a leadership role. You have to see, okay, how can this person operate with these requirements and this task? And when you said TikTok, I what I do is I research. It's like a even though I know I, we all watch TikTok, but. I watch it on a, a mindset of a videographer. It's like, okay, what is videographers doing on TikTok to get some engagement? So I research and I say, I'm not going to tell you something I haven't done myself. So I study because with research come knowledge and with knowledge come understanding. So I research a lot and I realize, wow, the algorithm is crazy on TikTok. So it's like, Kim. I think TikTok is a way for us to grow outside of Instagram and Facebook. Not saying Facebook, Instagram aren't great tools, but TikTok is a, it's like the algorithm is crazy. And I think one of our videos that we did do Blue Scorpion got about like maybe 1500 views in a day. Yeah. I think so. I think it was, I think it was the one we did for, um, Athena Lions, the gaming video. Yeah. Event. Yeah. That's so, right. You're right. So it was, I think the, it was within, within a day, it was like 1500 views. I was like, yeah. wow. So I was proven right, and because you can't tell somebody and then they don't get what they want. I'm not saying it's not gonna happen all the time, but the consistent, consistent videos we've been doing has been really engaging. Where people have seen our TikToks and hey, we need videos for this event or this conference or this client. So it's just going back to the communication we've had, where I have to build a trust with you because you really didn't know me. You're just like, oh, somebody who's an editor. Okay, I got always find that, but. How am I different going back to saying, how do I stand out? And me, and I'll say Kim has put me in places where it's like, uh, <laughs> Chauncey, what did you do? I want to pass out these pens and these flyers <laughs> to, 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 to all these people here. That's I'm, where we're going to start. Yeah, <laughs> so we're going to start there. I was like, uh, but I'm able to adapt. But you know what? You know, I, I can laugh because... <laughs> yeah because <laughs> she did that. no rob she did that she's like okay Chauncey, you're going to south georgia we're going to the ag expo i want you to give she gave me like a box full of uh pens and and business cards <laughs> and like the little posters and i was like, okay kim you know and i went i i sent i but here's the thing i i think i was talking to one guy in kawasaki and i was just promoting us and he's like hey just talk to kim from blue scorpion and by the way they love the name when when, client, when people hear the name Blue Scorpion, it's like, Blue Scorpion, that's interesting. It goes back to marketing, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, Blue Scorpion, which actually is a real animal, by the way. It's a real, yeah. So yeah, I was like, okay. it is. So 
that was a task where I was I was doing double duty with marketing and videography, but I had a great time doing it because I said this to Kim before we started this podcast. I said videography and filmmaking is, has took me places that nine to five couldn't. I'm not demeaning a nine to five job. I'm not belittling it, mm-hmm. but I've seen more of Georgia through filmmaking and videography than I ever thought I would working at nine to five between four walls. And that's power in just taking initiative in your dream. Because when you dream something, it's, it's reality over time. And I'm living that reality where I'm driving to South Georgia. A lot of cotton, by the way. A lot of cotton. I'm seeing that. Like, oh, Going George. down the south. South part. West Georgia. Yeah, well. Uh, Going yeah, toward yeah, Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but. You know, agriculture is like no, number one in Georgia when it comes to it's the number one industry, yeah, Georgia, in industry in Georgia. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm also get educated too on the importance of agriculture through talking to uh, regular average people, mm-hmm. and how they say we need this. This is what feeds our family. This is what keeps our business going, and the passion they have. Because I talked to so many people of different cultures in Georgia, where they said agriculture keeps me moving. It keeps my keeps my house a roof over my head. So, you've you've opened my mind to just and also esports. By the way, they're very competitive esports players. I don't interrupt them when they're playing. You know, <laughs> they get very very defensive. But I would say this working blue scorpion has educated me on so many levels where it branched me off to not just be a videographer but a businessman. Because when I was starting when I started doing videography, all I wanted to do was just I want to be a filmmaker and that's it. I just want to be a videographer and that's it. But over time, meeting my mentors, like, bro, you got to think as a businessman. It's like, how does this make you money, but also how to keep your business going long time? Because you have to think longevity. And for you, too, like, even though, and you support my business, too, so for your business, like, hey, I can't do it by myself, so I need to, and I know it's a lot to trust people and open your mind up to it, but it's just the timing that happened was the right timing, you know, how we met. So I, I I'm I'm happy with Blue Scorpion. You know, uh, we opened an office too. You, you want to talk about that? You opened an office. Yeah, yeah. I'll you know what? I'll say this to the pen passing and the yeah, business yeah, card yeah, yeah, distribution. Yeah. I I like to use that because it shows humility mm-hmm. one, and it shows that we are in partnership. Yes, like yes, you said, yes. I support your business whenever and wherever mm-hmm. I can. And for you to be like, game on, let's do it. Yeah. Let's just do what we have to do because at the end of the day, yeah. it's about making yeah. the yeah. money. So for you to be open-minded to that and not be like, what? Blue Scorpion, I've got my, <laughs> I've got my own business. <laughs> but for us to come yeah, together yeah, yeah. and make even more mm-hmm. money yeah, yeah. together, I appreciate mm-hmm. that you have that vision, which is why you are mm-hmm. in – the position that you are within the company now because you saw the vision mm-hmm. of wanting to partner, wanting to collaborate so that we can go from point A to point Z. And we, I know we can't say a lot now, but a lot of things are in the pipeline for Blue Scorpion that is like, it's insane where how much Kim has put the work in. <laughs> Look around. Team. Team. <laughs> Team, you know, so... It's just I see it, and I you have to the belief that I have in Blue Scorpion, where it's like, man, this is taking even people in my circle outside of filmmaking is like, man, like I've never traveled so much in my whole life than I've ever come. I was like, uh, where am I going, Kim? Are oh, we going to Moultrie, Georgia? Where is that? <laughs> we 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 like to to go all <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, we do. You know what? So I'm sure you know every segment we have uh, a spot where we talk about. Uh, success stories mm-hmm. or sharing mm-hmm. of a story. So share with everyone one of those memorable moments with Blue Scorpion where you have gone out and, and done something. Everybody on the team is envious of Chauncey because we send him all <laughs> over. You've been, to how, you've been to how many states? Man, uh, three. Three states three. so far. Um, Man. Which one, which which outing or trip, rather, has stood out to you the most as the most memorable? I, I have I have two. Okay. And those these these are the the farthest I've driven. It was Raleigh. Cause 
it was it's two within one because we went to Raleigh and in uh, South Carolina in one day. That was a long day. That was a long day, but it was brutal drive home. Oh my god, I should have stayed. <laughs> but I had to get home. But it was it was the journey to Raleigh and South Carolina in one day, and it was it, and it was such a productive day. Everything went well that day. No traffic, no issues. And it was a busy day because it was the um, GalaxyCon or it was Galaxy or it, it was, was Galaxy. Galaxy, Con. okay. Mm-hmm. And it it was I was like I it was like I didn't want to go back to work like my regular nine to five job. I didn't want to go back to work because I I could do this all day because the journey alone I was just thinking it's like wow where this this is taking me on a whole different journey that I never thought I could because driving. You're you're by yourself. You're just thinking. It's you and your thoughts. I'm like, man, like this is this is a wild journey, you know. And also meeting the guys with uh, virtual reload that was great. And the the joy that clients get when they see their videos that means a lot to me. Yeah. Because I put all my effort into it, especially when it comes to post production. Because I, n- I never do the same edit twice. Because to me that's lazy. I never. And Kim see my videos is never the same video twice. I switch up every single time. Music, flow, pacing, everything. And I think my number one this year was Moultrie because I went to Albany and I was in the hotel room and I went outside and I watched the sunset. I'm like, wow, this is this is a really, really... That was a company-paid company, vacation. It was a company... Right, yeah. It was a company-paid where I didn't pay for the hotel. I'm walking them in there. It's like, uh, Chauncey Jackson. is like, oh, yeah, it's, you're, you're good to go. I was like, all right, Kim, flex. Flex on. <laughs> All right, flex. We I got, we send. I got the I got the, I got the company suite. <laughs> we we send our people on <laughs> full paid vacations. Okay. Like it's, but it it was a it was like a fun moment just to drive down there and then to be at the Sun Belt Ag Expo. It was such a great day of meeting different people. People were friendly. The food was on point. I got to roll in the plane plane uh ride. I was like, all right, don't fall. All right. <laughs> but it's just the going back to what I was saying is like she trusts me a lot. And I failed before, but it's I mean it's not consistent. It's like, okay, Chauncey, it's I won't say it's a failure, it's more of like a misunderstanding between the clients of what they want. I'll say that. I don't say I really fail. It's just sometimes misunderstanding happens because they want something and you can't really get it because your expectations are not realistic. But that's it's not really considered a failure, it's just misunderstandings. But I think the Moultrie one was like a big one where it was such a different world, even though it was in Georgia, the agriculture world was really the one that opened my eyes a lot to how much people invest into land and, you know, property and farming. And so even Soul 3, that was number three. I'll say Soul 3 is another one, but that was a fun one too. Um, how you see the process of them creating the soil to get distributed out to customers and other um, companies. So, yeah, this year Blue Scorpion has really, like, I think I've been on five or six road trips already, so yeah. it's been a lot of rentals. Inter- international <laughs> rentals. in 2023. Look, we're just, I believe we're that. Put, yeah, yeah, yeah. I claim that right now. Yeah, we we gonna we gonna we gonna fly out. Look, and Rob is like, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like I believe gonna, I can fly. Right, <laughs> I believe I can touch the sky. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, before we wrap, and I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Going back to the difference between being a boss and being a leader, because we digressed. Yeah, yeah. What are some other tips that that you have or things that you want to share about the differentiation? Mm. I'll give some tips. If you're going to be a, uh, if you want to be a videographer, I'll, I'll get into filmmaking too. If you want to be a videographer, figure out what are you trying to do do at exactly and also what kind of camera you're trying to get because some people get a, a camera and it's way above their budget just to say they got a, a really good camera but you're going to be in debt because for me i realized my brother he told me this you're going to get something make sure you pay it off within a year because i say this when i bought my camera that i use i paid it off within two months with the work that i've been doing through blue scorpion okay so i was able to okay well this is a smart investment because sometimes people buy like, oh, I'm gonna get a, a, a Canon um, R5 and it's like four thousand dollars, and then 
you can't pay that off and you're trying to you know so be smart with it sometimes these cameras they're getting smaller but more high quality so figure out you know how what can you afford and how, what how can you continually pay it off within a year also if you want to be a filmmaker figure out which lane or which skill you want to start with first you want to direct okay start watching movies with directors listen to the interviews you want to write just write from your own experience but also study script writing you want to edit of course just edit watch youtube videos that's what i've done that's how i learned to be a good editor just watch a lot of youtube videos i watch movies and watch how they edit things and i'm always studying i really don't watch tv i watch a lot of movies to study how they edit how they write you know and i add it add their skills to mine and sometimes i watch a movie and try to create it on my own because i mean hollywood they're copying other things from i mean there's all everyone copies from each other anyway so and for me i think writing open opened a lot of doors for me too so that's why i can continue to be consistent with writing because like i said earlier in, in our conversation you're just as good as your last production because yeah. you can't be like well i have this out okay what's next what else is next? That's why I said I have to create black dirt. Even though it's a trailer, I have to put it out because that's what's next. And after that, I still have things coming down the pipeline. And I'll say this too. Don't be afraid to spend money because sometimes filmmakers, they they don't pay their actors. I'm not saying it's not a bad thing. But over time, you're going to have to start paying them. Because they can't, they can't come back for free. Because they do eat. They even though they love to do it, don't take advantage of their hospitality to do things for free. And I'll leave the I'll leave uh, the viewers with this quote that I live by. That I heard it years ago, and I apply it to my business, also my life. Without without structure, there's no order. But there's no structure, there's no order. You can apply that to your business, apply it to your life, apply that to your workout schedule, your day-to-day life without structure there's no order boom very powerful yes well chauncey i want to congratulate you on thank you have a good day thank you on blackters mm-hmm. and all that will come from that that's going to be a big project yes and you know i just want to say publicly in front of our live audience and on our podcast to our listeners that we're so thankful Thank you. that you are a part of Thank the you. team, um, all of the work that you've put in and being just a, a great part of the Blue Scorpion team. I'm glad to be a part of it. I can't wait to see what the future holds. I mean, we got gigs coming up next week, so I got to get back to work, y'all. So <laughs> now, Kim, me, no, when I say Kim keeps me busy, like she's like, we called each other three times tonight about gigs. I'm like, okay, Kim, all right. Yeah, well, you know, it's a testament of yeah. the work that's being produced. Mm-hmm. People are learning more about us. Mm-hmm. They're calling us. They're wanting for us to do things for them, particularly the video production. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's teamwork. Yeah. I'm going to ask for a raise in a year. So. <laughs> you go get that raise, too. As a Kim, I made it my year. I survived. <laughs> You go get that raise, no, too. No, yeah, yeah. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, for our listeners and our viewers, we want to thank you as we get ready to close out this season. Next week will be our last episode of the season before we reconvene in 2023. For next week, we want to bring on the man behind the yeah, camera. I know. I know. Yes. It, Rob. <laughs> He can't wait. I got to hear his story. Yeah. I got to hear his story, man. Yeah, we got to hear Rob's story. So he's the man behind the camera weekend and week out that you never get to see. And next week, you're going to see him. You're going to hear from him. And he's a pivotal member of the Blue Scorpion team. Mm -hmm. So please make sure that you tune in back at our regular time, 6 o'clock, so that you can hear about rob and all of the great things that he has going on with his business vision green speaking of which before we head out i have to plug it it, look rob is like uh yeah (laughs) like yeah you you better you better just so you know you're on my time my studio (laughs) oh shout out to rob so we are going to be incorporating 
endorsements and commercials mm-hmm. into our programming for 2023. Nice, nice. So for business owners who are interested in getting your name out there through our platform, be sure to visit us so that we can go ahead and get that in play for you for 2023. Well, that does it for the week. We're winding down mm-hmm. the season. So please come and visit us again at 6 p.m. next week. You all have a great evening. Visit us online, bluescorpionrm.com. That does it for tonight. Have a good one. Bye.